You're listening to The Robin Tristan Show. Today's episode is brought to you by RefBox. RefBox, keeping your kids in bounds. Hey everybody, it's Rob here. Glad to have you back this week. So our friend and listener, Karen, actually sent in a list of questions and a commentary. She basically said that one thing that listening to the last bunch of episodes we've done, the one thing that she's pretty sure we're really good at is not actually introducing ourselves in any positive, informative way. So she sent along an enormous list of questions with the suggestion that we take time out two episodes where Tristan blasts through the questions for me and then I'll blast through the questions for him, etc. So we've decided to tackle that. And thank you, Karen, for sending those in. So what we did, I guess, before is we sort of flipped a coin to see who's going to go first. It turns out, I guess on twofold, one part I lost, so it's me answering questions. The other side is the last episode we did was pretty much Tristan talking. So I'm sure you guys would rather hear my voice. You know, so it was interesting feedback from Karen because, I mean, we do try to make these podcasts informative and we do bring in experts from time to time or we talk about topics. But this was interesting feedback that they say, well, we want to know more about Rob or we want to know more about Tristan. And she sent us 100 questions. So let's see what we can get through. Yeah. And the one thing I think that's the questions don't ask us about our jobs. And I think we've probably talked more about what we do for a living as opposed to just who we are as people. So hopefully this is fun. Yeah. So let's just dive right in. Like there's a lot here. So as you mentioned before, Rob, you lost the coin toss. So I'm going to be asking you a bunch of questions and we'll see what we get through. The first question, which I think is interesting and a great kind of, you know, get to know Rob character is who is your hero? That one's easy. It's my dad. The guy does everything. He's a Mr. Fix it all. And I spent most of my life not realizing he was. And then when I got older, I realized he absolutely was. I don't want to go into that too far because that's pretty sentimental, but it's definitely my dad. Yeah. Well, I met your dad. He's a pretty cool guy, actually. So that's a great hero to have. All right. Let's go the other side then and say, what is your biggest fear? Biggest fear? Paralyzation. Is that okay to say? That's actually it. (laughs) I mean, if it's your fear, it's your fear, right? If I suddenly woke up and I couldn't use anything from the neck down... I definitely have had nightmares about that. That's my fear. All right. No, that's a decent one. This one's interesting only because, I mean, we met professionally, right? So this question is basically what motivates you to work hard? And I'm curious about that just because I know you to be a very hard worker. So what's your source of motivation? So I think it's mainly that everybody didn't think I'd get anywhere. And so maybe it's the success is my revenge mentality. You know, the more I achieve, the further I climb, the more the people who doubted me have to sit back and go, well, I guess I was wrong. It's sad because I'm sure most of them don't think about me, <laughs> but I think mentally that's probably what feels me in the morning. Yeah. It gives you a little bit of a drive. So you got a little bit of a competitive streak. I would say I have a heavy competitive yep. streak. Yeah. Yep. Great. Okay. So we're going to go a little bit down the work road, but we'll, we'll get off of it quickly because we've talked about it before, but talk a little bit about, I mean, your career is a marketer, a social marketer and, and sorry, a marketer expert. What is your favorite thing about your career? The thing that most people don't realize, and I think sadly a lot of marketers don't realize, is if it wasn't for what I did, most jobs wouldn't exist. And so when people, including myself, are able to actually do the job right, we help a lot of people. So at least my take on my job is that I'm doing the job to the best of my ability and as honest as I can, and it means that other people get to keep their jobs and feed their families. So I would just say that's it. It's such an integral part of capitalism, (laughs) that if 
someone wasn't there and wasn't doing it correctly, we wouldn't have anything that we have now. No, that's good. So the favorite thing about your career, and then we'll get you to boast a little bit and just, you know, mention what you think is your proudest accomplishment. And maybe that's not in your career. So I don't want to put you in that box. But what would you say is your most proudest accomplishment? I know the answer you're always supposed to say to questions like that is your children. And I would say both my kids are definitely awesome. I don't think that question exactly points to that. So I, I hope I'll be forgiven if I push for it on my own. But in 2005, I had a band and we were put up against a number of acts, including Modest Mouse, on a CBC TV show called ZTV. And we actually won and we were voted the number one indie band in Canada. So I would say that that was probably the most excited about anything I've ever done happening, despite the fact that it didn't really pan out to do anything. And a bunch of the bands we beat went on to become hit bands like Modest Mouse. But at least for that moment, that's probably the pinnacle of my excitement. Well, that's interesting. Let's see here. Okay, so, I mean, this is more in your spare time, I suppose. What was the last movie you went to and what did you think? I went to Hotel Transylvania 2 my kids and my wife and I actually laughed through most of the movie quite enjoyed it my daughter laughed even harder than me which always makes me enjoy it more yeah that was it it was good it's not deep it's far from having a real storyline but they did an excellent job in making it funny for adults and kids all right and so on the entertainment line then what is your favorite book to read favorite book so it's a series of books it was called the gunslinger and that was written by Stephen King. It's not really a horror book. It's called an apocalyptic Western, but I don't think I've ever been more compelled and more heartbroken by a series of books. And I've read thousands of books now. Wow. I'm intrigued by this question just because I know you and your history, but I'm just going to start off with a question. If you could only eat one meal for the rest of your life, what would it be? Despite the ramifications, if I could just take <laughs> one thing, that it would be Kentucky Fried Chicken. I yeah. would just, I'd eat it. Right. Yeah. So blowing the diet right out the window there and just... Yeah, forget it. If I'm not worried about any of the other things that go into it, and that that is the thing I've been eating since I was a kid where I've never once been like, I couldn't possibly eat more of this. It's usually like, please get this bucket away from me. I believe I'm getting palpitations. So, <laughs> so I'm just going through her list of questions here and figuring out... I mean, this is a pretty common one, but... Who would you want to be stranded with on a deserted island? I'm going to say my brother-in-law, Josh, because that guy is like MacGyver. I watched him make satellite dishes out of like coat hangers and that. So I presume that he could probably make a radio for me out of a coconut, a little tribute to Gilligan's Island there and help us get off the island faster. I would definitely pick him. All right. So we're going to start off with this one. What is the best gift you've ever received? I woke up one morning and my daughter had made a pancake and it was for me for, I believe it was my birthday. And I was absolutely thrilled. I couldn't believe my daughter had gotten up on her own and made me a pancake. She was maybe six years old. And as I was about to tuck into the pancake, I realized that there was no pancake mix in the house. (laughs) And so I asked her what she made it with. And she says, oh, she, she saw some ingredients for it. So she figured out how to make it. Don't worry. And so in horror... I took a piece off the pancake with my fork and stuffed it into my mouth and I swallowed it down and she was looking at me so intently with such big, bright, happy eyes because, you know, she was so thrilled that she was feeding her daddy Mm -hmm. and I ate that whole pancake and I remember that I did not feel good after (laughs) it 
And so when I went down and started piecing it together, she'd come up with quite a concoction of items. Thankfully, all of them were edible. But I, I still think that's my favorite gift only because the amount of love that went into it and the fact that every bite I took to her, the reaction she had to every bite that I swallowed was like pure glee. So it's one of those things that I can see me in 30 years shedding a tear at a pancake house thinking. About <laughs> yeah. it. That's cute. So that was the best gift you've ever received. Let's flip to what's the worst gift you ever received. And I'm just currently thinking of the things that maybe I've ever given you and see if it's on that list. I'm like, what has he given me so that I don't say that? Worst gift I've ever received. Oh, I remember. I got a sweater that had been knitted by somebody, and it was hideous and awful. And one of the reasons it was bad was because I was forced to wear it for the rest of the day. And I remember it was itchy and hot, and everybody kept pretending it was awesome. And I could tell everyone was just being sarcastic like oh nice sweater there (laughs) and you got a picture right you got a picture of this moment there are pictures okay excellent all right i'll hack your computers later (laughs) okay try to keep it to two because we've talked about pet peeves before list two pet peeves first pet peeve without question is the facebook meme where someone takes a picture of someone and says hey this soldier lost his leg in the war wouldn't it be great to give this guy a million likes? Or, hey, this girl lost her hair to cancer. Why don't we give her a million likes? Because all of those are fake and they're being run by unethical guys or girls who've started a Facebook page and they're just trying to build up their following on the page so they can make money off of you. And yet, no matter how many times I preach it, even to just my small circle on Facebook, everybody shares these and they, they make me insane. That's, that one has probably become my primary peeve and then i would say the second one is it's similar so on facebook there's these fake health sites that share these articles and the articles are fake and the people that share them around have actually already been brought to court multiple times for a fraud but i keep seeing things like chugging 18 liters of vitamin c or chugging 18 liters of orange juice will cure your cancer there's no actual merit or validity to that and if you really go look it up on an actual medical website that's accredited you'd see that most of the stuff is fake so i think the biggest peeve there is just that people spread it around so willingly and it's somewhere along the line if someone just stopped and looked that up for a moment they could save a life by not sharing it those are fair so here's one these are questions that karen submitted right and one of the questions that she asked was what's your favorite holiday i'm gonna go with christmas I mean, what better time of year is there ever? It's cold outside, you're warm inside, your whole family's there, everybody's opening presents, and then just the whole warmth of the entire day itself and what it stands for. I'm going to pick that one. Okay, perfect. I want to take a quick short break to mention our sponsor, RefBox, and when we come back, we'll continue learning a little bit more about Rob Case. Protect your children from the dangerous side of the internet. Introducing the RefBox. The RefBox filters all devices connected to your home network, tablets, Macs, PCs, and more. And there's no software installation needed. Simply plug in the box and your family is protected against adult content, extreme violence, and dangerous phishing sites. Learn more by visiting refbox.ca. That's R-E-F, refbox.ca. RefBox, keep your kids in bounds. Welcome back. You're listening to Rob Case answer some questions that were submitted by one of our listeners, Karen. She provided some feedback. She submitted 100 questions and they're across the board and just trying to get to know us 
more. So by virtue of a coin toss, Rob was the first one to get asked the questions, and then probably next week I'll get hammered with them. But there are a lot of good questions. We've already covered a lot of interesting things. And so the last thing you just mentioned was your favorite holiday, Rob, and that was Christmas, and I think a lot of people could relate to that. But let's start with, are you a morning person or a night hawk? Oh, I, <laughs> I'm definitely a night hawk. <laughs> yeah. I, unfortunately, in my current situation, I'm waking up at 5 a.m. or 6 a.m., but I don't know why that happens because even when I get into the office or people start trying to call me, I'm just brain dead until at least 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock. Somewhere around nine o'clock, my body starts to get tired, but my brain comes right to life. And so I'm usually in a massive conflict between I feel amazingly inspired and creative and want to do a million things, but my eyes start watering and my body starts trying to fall asleep in the chair. So through most of my life, I've been the guy that, you know, worked through the night and tried to sleep during the day. So I'm definitely a night hawk. Interesting. Here's one that I actually am curious to the answer for because I, I don't know. Do you collect anything? And if so, what is it? I do. They're kind of weird, I guess. The first thing I collect is ancient coins. I'm a big fan of Roman times. And so I've actually got a lot of different coins from the Roman era, particularly during the time of Caesar. I find them fascinating. There's uh, an amazing amount of history that went there. The other thing I collect is, I'm not even sure what you call them, I guess taxidermed insects. But if you come to my house, you'll discover I've got a giant atlas moth and all these different things and frames. And they're all hidden away because I have kids in my house who throw balls. So everything gets tucked away. But yeah, I mean, I don't have an elaborate collection of either things I've named. I wouldn't even call them a collection, but I do know that I'm interested in them. So there's a chance that 30 years from now, I'll be a hoarder with a room full of coins and and dead bugs, I suppose. Um, Okay, so... Now, one of the other questions that Karen had submitted that I thought was interesting was, if you were a ruler of your own country, what would be the first law you would introduce? This will sound really political, but I'd say pay equality, genuine pay equality, so that men and women are both making the same amount. I don't think it's ever fair to expect that to happen on its own. So if I was to take over a country, that's probably the first thing I'd put in place. And that's mainly because I have a daughter and I want to see her treated fairly. Okay, and I think this is really funny, knowing you and just your persona, and I could just, I can see a lot of first impressions if someone doesn't know you and they first met you, what they might think. So with this question, this is what I'm thinking. If you had a warning label, what would it say? No filter. <laughs> All right. that, that would definitely be it. There's a reason why we tape everything. Famously and embarrassingly, for some reason, I'm just always blunt and honest, and I always always, always, always get myself in trouble with strangers because they'll say something and I'll just call them on it when normally most people would be polite about it. So that's probably the right, the right one. No filter. All right. To be fair, I think that I would be drawn to such a warning label. I wouldn't consider it a warning, but (laughs) I really appreciate that brute honesty, but definitely is softened by friendship, right? So if you don't know you or something, then that could come off a little harsh. Yeah. If you take me seriously, then that's a problem. Right, right. Okay, here's another question. What was your first job? So my first job was I worked on a grease truck and I was a trucker's assistant. And so I would sit beside a guy in a truck and we would pull up behind a McDonald's in, say, Buffalo. And my job was to hop off the truck, go over to where the grease bin was behind the building, push that bin out. It's about a one-ton bin. So I got really ripped 
at that point. Push the bin out to the truck, pull the lid off, scrape off the maggots with my arm, and then put the chains on the sides <laughs> of the tank. The trucker would then come out, pull a lever to dump the bucket into the top of the truck. The bucket would come back down all empty, and then I had to run it back over to the wall, which was a lot easier when it's empty, clean off the edges so the clients weren't offended by the sight of their own grease, throw the lid back on it, shake everything off my arm, and then hop back in the truck and move on to the next place. So it wasn't a very glamorous job, but in a weird way, I actually miss the travel part of that, just not the actual grease bin part. Yeah, I understand. Here's one that's interesting, and I might even turn it into a little bit of a public service announcement based off your answer now. (laughs) What is the most interesting thing you can see outside your office window? And if you're not sure what how to answer that, let's just back up a moment and talk about your time at Google when you were in downtown Toronto in a high-rise building. What was the most interesting thing you could see outside that window? Yeah, well, I was going to say my office actually doesn't have a window. So I didn't know how to answer it because I didn't have one. So it's good to backtrack. So outside of the window at Google, there was a mini putt course. And then if you went out there to the mini putt course, you could see into all of the different offices. And then what you just basically see is you would see a whole bunch of people looking at you with a stern look on their face because you're playing mini golf on the side of a building, staring at them at their desk, slogging away (laughs) at whatever they were doing. And everybody in the area knew you were Google. And we got a lot of hate, for sure. But that was what we saw, was mainly just angry people staring back at us from other tall buildings. So in the interest of just turning this into a public service announcement, do you know where I'm going with that, about what you can see outside your Google window? Do you remember telling me? Maybe not. So obviously you have neighboring condos and stuff, and that you would find that people were were comfortable enough to change, or maybe naive enough to change without closing the blinds? Yeah, well, that was... I don't know that I'd say it was an accident, but yeah, I do remember that. I just didn't think I'd bring that up. Yeah. So for just as a, you know, we like to provide some kind of advice in our podcast, right? Or in our shows. So let's just throw that in there while we talk about Rob. If you live in a high rise, especially, you know, residential or neighboring businesses, just close the blinds unless you're comfortable with it. But yeah, the other option is never book a room facing the Sheridan in Toronto because... If you got your kids with you, they might be in for a show. That's all. <laughs> right, fair yeah. All right. What about your hobbies? What are some of the things you do outside of work? Well, I do a lot of writing. Actually, I'm a contributor for a number of different sites. I also build websites, do my own blogs. I do a top 10 video thing once a month. I do music. And other than that, if I can, I'll try to find some time to play video games because I'm a massive gamer who unfortunately only gets about an hour and a half a month to indulge in that. All right. So next question, what did you want to do when you were younger? What was your kind of your dream job when you're young? I definitely wanted to be Batman. I still kind of feel that way. That's <laughs> definitely what I wanted to be. Everybody else wanted to be firefighters and something practical and awesome. But I was pretty convinced that there was nothing stopping me from being a superhero of some sort. And Batman was the most likely option. So All right. This is interesting just based off of some recent Twitter activity on your part. What is your favorite game or sport to watch and play? (laughs) That's funny. So my favorite sport is mixed martial arts. I've been watching that since I was about 14 years old. And it was actually, I was introduced to UFC 1 by my youth pastor at the time. And I loved it. And I was already into martial arts, but I didn't know there was this sport. And the first time I saw it, I was just... I was hooked right away, and I've watched every single everything that's ever come out about it since then. So 
that's fair. But what you're laughing at is I recently let social media decide because I'm amazed the only sport I watch. I have no baseball team. I had no soccer team, football team, basketball team, etc. So I put it out to social media, both on Twitter and Facebook, to go ahead and tell me what my teams are. And when the time comes, I will cheer fiercely for them because I don't feel like I'm correct without having teams. It was really weird how the vote went. In fact, a team I'd never heard of called the OKC Thunder, a bunch of their fans really went off on the votes. I had to look them up on Google to find out they were a basketball team. So yeah, in the end, my teams became the Montreal Canadiens, the Toronto Blue Jays, the OKC Thunder, Green Bay Patriots, and Toronto FC. So those are my teams, but I'm still actually only watching MMA. Right. And those teams are just based off of social media votes. You put it out to the world and said, hey, who should I vote for? And that was the response you got. Yeah. And to be fair, I mean, I have absolutely posted plenty of things cheering those teams on since the vote, but I'm not actually watching the game. <laughs> so, All right. That's true. <laughs> okay. So if you could choose to do anything for a day, what would it be? Batman's not one of the options. If I couldn't be Batman. So I think if I had a day that was my own time, I would probably take my kids and I'd want to take them somewhere like either a woman's shelter or a food kitchen so my kids could see firsthand that there's a a sad side to life and that they're never too far from that themselves. So I have a real streak in me of wanting to help people. And I actually have dreams related to achieving enough success on my own that I'll have the kind of financial freedom that's required to basically go out and do the kind of things I want to do to help the community. Yeah. I mean, if I had that time and I could do anything, maybe that sounds boring, but that's, that's what I'd want to do. I think it's just because I think about that a lot. Yep. No, and I think it could be an important lesson learned. So the question verbatim for this one is, what two radio stations do you listen to most in the car? But I know you, and I don't think you listen to radio stations as much as others. So I guess I was kind of rephrase and say, what do you listen to in the car when you're traveling? Well, I listen to audiobooks, quite a bit of them. So I don't really have between, see, I work for a company, and then I have my own company, and then I have all these other things on the go. So I don't really have time to pick up a book. But thankfully, and unthankfully, I do a lot of driving. So audiobooks have kind of been a savior. So I I spend a lot of my time listening to audiobooks. In fact, I'm actually halfway through The Martian right now, and I'm loving that. It's so good. I'm actually excited to go see the movie. Just throwing that. That's an unpaid endorsement. Amazing book so far. Great. All right. Well, I'm just watching the time here. I mean, there's a lot of questions here. I don't know exactly how many we had asked or that I had asked you specifically, but Karen sent 100 questions to try to get to know us more. So this was your turn, Rob, to answer questions. Before we wrap up, let's just do a kind of a catch-all. Is there something that you would want the audience to know about you? Whether You know, you go to a social event, and you meet somebody new. What if we haven't covered it already? What is it that you would want them to know about you? So that just kind of reminds me. So I, I showed up to an event for the Chamber of Commerce, and I remember getting in there and sitting around the tables, and everybody there was just a small business owner, and everybody was just handing out their business cards, and they were all talking about what they do and that they'd be happy to give me their services and and et cetera. And it came around to me and I said, hi, my name's Rob. I'm an advanced digital marketing guy and I don't need your business. I'm actually just here to help. And everybody looked at me like I was an alien. And I, you know, I felt like I just came here to answer some questions. You know, if I can help some people who live in the same town as me get a little further, possibly not get scammed by some of the others in town, then I'd be happy to. And it was shocking to me that at that event that almost everybody almost looked at me terrified. Like, 
So I think, I, I think in me is just a want to help people within reason. And that's it. So I, I would hope that even though I'm kind of intimidating to walk up to and that maybe I may carry a label that says no filter, I hope that people are never too afraid to hit me up online or something and ask me a question. And I mean, I'm not talking about paying me for my time. If, if you're considering something, you want to know if it's the right thing to do, feel free to hit me up and I'd be happy to give you an answer and send you on your way. Yeah. One of the questions that I had skipped over earlier is, is how would your friends describe you? Which I thought was a little bit of an awkward question being a friend across the table from you, but definitely one of the first qualities I, I would highlight is generosity and a willingness to help. And it's comical because while you said you might wear that warning of no filter and just your first impression appearance, you know this, so I can say it, you don't come across as the warmest guy. If, you, <laughs> if, you, if I passed you on the street, I would be a little bit a little bit weary, but the reality is very generous and definitely you can ask him anything. If he doesn't know, he'll tell you, hey, I don't know, but if he can help in any way or connect you with somebody that can help, he would do it in a heartbeat. So. Okay, well, let's wrap up. Mention again, Refbox sponsored this episode. More importantly than that, Karen shaped this episode. And it's great to have listeners give that feedback and say, hey, you know, what about this or what about that? And so we've talked a bit about our professions and we've certainly brought in experts to talk about other things that we think people would find interesting or helpful in their lives. But Karen wanted to know a little bit about us. So today we'll talk about Rob and have answered those questions. So hopefully you feel like you've learned a little bit more. His Twitter handle, if you don't know, is at Rob T. Case. So you can go follow him there or, or ask him questions. And with that, we'll wrap up. And in the next episode, I presume you're going to be hitting me up with questions, Rob. Yeah, and I'm going to go way faster. I think we can do the hundreds. So okay, hundreds. All right, well, I'll be ready. So, all right, everybody have a great day and we'll see you next week. Bye.